0: Welcome to the Insurgents Podcast with Frank Viola, and he's brought a friend. This is the podcast that supplements Frank's groundbreaking book, Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, which is shaking up the Christian world. You can find out details about the book at insurgents.org. Sit back, open all four ears, physical and spiritual, and join the Insurgents. Here's Frank.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Insurgents Podcast, coming to you from Orlando, Florida. And we are working our way through every reference to the kingdom of God in the Gospels. And we are now coming to the end of the book of Mark. And the passage we're going to look at today and discuss is Mark 15, 42 on I'll go ahead and read that from the New American. Mark 15 42. When evening had already come, because it was the preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea came, a prominent member of the council, who himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. And he gathered up courage and went in before Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate wondered if he was dead by this time, and summoning the centurion, He questioned him as to whether he was already dead. And ascertaining this from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. Joseph bought a linen cloth, took him down, meaning took Jesus down from the cross, wrapped him in the linen cloth, and laid him in a tomb. This would have been a rock tomb, which he had been hewn out in the rock and he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, were looking on to see where he was laid. All right, so the next reference that we're going to look at is in verse 43, this man, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, which is the Sanhedrin, who himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Now, interestingly, This phrase, waiting for the kingdom of God. And here again in the Gospels, we have this tension, this already but not yet tension. And waiting for the kingdom obviously is speaking of the future, but not yet of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of Simeon in Luke 2.25. It says that he was waiting for the consolation or the salvation or the redemption of Israel. It reminds me of when the disciples asked Jesus, the resurrected Christ, in Acts 1, is it time now that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And so this business of waiting for the kingdom of God is what we want to focus on. Just a few thoughts about Joseph. We know that Joseph was part of the Sanhedrin. He was part of the... Jewish council, a prominent member, but he was also a disciple of Jesus. He was in the system, so to speak, but he was also a follower. We know this from Matthew 27, verse 57. We know it from John 19, verse 38. He was also helped by Nicodemus, (laughs) who we know from John 3, who came to Jesus secretly out of fear. But uh, in John 19, we're told that Nicodemus helped Joseph of Arimathea take the body down, and I think it's probably because in Jewish law, to have a body yeah, yeah. dead overnight was a disgrace,
2: especially because it was going to be Sabbath too, right? And, and wanted, Sabbath, it's yes. Be Sabbath the next day, and that would have desecrated the whole um, Sabbath, essentially.
1: Yes. So it's really interesting, though, because he was willing. To make himself ritually unclean by doing what he did by taking Jesus down from the cross, so there, right there, that's a cost. And there's another cost too. Maybe you could talk about that.
2: You know, I think that's a powerful piece. I'll just jump on the ritually unclean piece just for a a second too, because we see Jesus does that consistently in his ministry too, right? He's willing to touch lepers. Uh, He's willing to do what the pharisees consider to be work on the sabbath which in different ways are you know making himself unclean Mm. breaking these rules and you know one of the lessons of jesus's life is that to be in the kingdom you're more dangerous (laughs) to the world than the world is to you so jesus could break Mm -hmm. these boundaries down and so here's joseph in a sense uh living that out and and the the thing that's interesting also about joseph is he's wealthy i mean he's an insider Um, yes and in the previous chapter right at the moment jesus dies and this person shows back up in this text too it's the centurion the centurion as soon as jesus dies says uh, truly this man was the son of god and so Mm -hmm. he's like the first person that understands who jesus is because he's crucified and since Centurion's an outsider. He's a Roman. He's the oppressor. But this person gets converted to Jesus right at the cross when he sees him die. And now, and now here's Joseph. He's an insider. Mm. And this is risky for him because he's a member of the council. And so what this does show us, and you mentioned Nicodemus, there were persons, the council members weren't all bad people that just didn't get it. These are uh, persons that were legitimately looking for the Messiah and saw that in Jesus. And yes. so, But the risk here would be by going and asking the Romans for Jesus' body, Joseph is literally risking everything because the Romans would have loved to just take all his money and his property and stuff that he had as a prominent person, right? And so in a sense, he's got real skin in the game because he's got everything to lose. Yes. And so this is an act of, and it says in the text, courage. Absolutely. <laughs> and so absolutely. so, so by, He's he's risking everything. Just like Jesus says, come and follow me. He says to so the rich young ruler, sell everything. He, he, first disciples, they leave the boats, they leave their dad, uh, their their father. Joseph is laying it all on the line and asking for Jesus' mm-hmm. body and, and his power of, of identity. So there's, there's just pointing to the potential cost. We don't have any recording that there's any, you know, Pilate gives him the body. So apparently he doesn't lose everything. Yeah. But the whole thing is... He was willing to lose everything to honor the king who was crucified. Well, he was treating
1: Jesus as a close family member because you don't want your close family members to be buried after nightfall. You want to do it before nightfall because it's a disgrace otherwise. The other thing about Joseph of Arimathea is the scripture calls him a righteous, decent man. Yeah. He's a follower of Jesus, but as you said, he's putting his wealth, he's a well to do man.
2: Yeah.
1: As many in the Sanhedrin were. I mean, some of those people were very rich. He's putting it on the line because he is now can be seen as clearly a sympathizer of a traitor and a revolutionary. Yeah, he's an insurgent. He's an insurgent. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Wow, that's a good title for a book.
2: Yeah, it is a good, it's a great book, too. Now
1: that I think about it.
2: <laughs> but that's what he's doing. He's identifying for revolutionary. And uh, I mean, we've just even seen, I mean, it's 2021 when you're doing this. We saw this whole thing in Washington and people identifying that there's been re- repercussions, right? Uh, we've seen it. Uh, Absolutely. What's happened. And so here's Jesus, uh, you know, you identify the wrong people, the wrong persons. That has costs, and uh, he's willing to risk that. Yes,
1: not that we're affirming what happened in Washington. No, no, not in at all. It's just an example, though. Um, <laughs> but an yeah. example of how if you identify yourself with a traitor, if you identify yourself with someone who has revolted against Rome, so to speak, or is perceived to, yes, yeah, yeah. You, you now incur
2: this is why Peter distanced himself yes. from Jesus, right? The denials. It's so it's interesting to the centurion shows back up here. Yes. And says, hey, yeah, he really is dead. It's like, it's, I think it's really cool. So it's, um, the centurion's sort of like, hey, it's almost like a conspiracy right there. You got the Joseph and you got the centurion telling Pilate mm-hmm. uh, and they get the body. So it's really, it's really kind of cool.
1: So let's talk about this phrase, waiting for the kingdom of God.
2: Yeah. Because yeah.
1: that's really what I want to hone in on. That's the next reference to the kingdom. I see this having two aspects. Joseph was waiting for the kingdom. The interesting thing is the kingdom came in Jesus. Yes, yeah. But it also had another layer, and that is not long from now, 50 days or so, the kingdom is going to come again at Pentecost. Joseph was there in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, and if he received the Spirit as well.
2: You almost have to assume he was, I assume he was. they don't he name was, everybody, but he shows dis- up in the Gospels He here. was a disciple yeah. of
1: Jesus, Nicodemus. So they were waiting for the kingdom, and the kingdom came. But there's still a future yes, coming of yeah. the kingdom, the messianic hope, where God will set all things right when Jesus returns. And as we spoke about in our last episode, the messianic banquet will uh, happen again but this time jesus will partake with us there are many passages in the new testament i just want to read some of them that point our eyes in the direction of the future the future coming of the kingdom and you know it's easy to lose sight of this especially when we're entangled with life everyday life and jesus warned against the cares of this life choking the word so We constantly need to remind one another about the eternal view. And in a previous episode on this podcast, you may want to go back and listen to it, especially if you haven't heard it. It's about keeping the eternal view. Mm -hmm. But let me read some passages because all of these, I think, are expansions of the phrase, waiting for the kingdom of God. Philippians Mm 3.20 Our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We eagerly wait, Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1:7, so that you are not lacking in any gift. Awaiting eagerly, the revelation or manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ, Titus 2:13. Looking for the blessed hope, and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Looking for the blessed hope, the appearing of Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 And to wait for his son from heaven. Previous to that, he said, you know, you've turned from idols to the living God. To serve the living God. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. That is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. There's the switching of the cups that we talked about in a previous episode. But we turn from idols to serve the living God and wait for his son. Jude 121, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Romans 8 23, not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly. That's a third time Paul uses that term, waiting eagerly. For our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. He talks about the manifestation of the sons of God. So there is within the breast of every true child of God an eager waiting for the son of God. But that eager waiting, Brian, I think has to be activated and has to be renewed. Because it's so easy to set our sights on the cares of this life and forget about that coming day when Jesus is going to return, set all things right, when the glory of God will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And we are manifested as the sons of God and Jesus Christ returns to this planet to rule and reign and the kingdom of God is consummated. In its fullness, it comes to earth. And so Joseph of Arimathea, that's what he was waiting for. And we too, as disciples of Jesus, are waiting for the same thing.
2: Yeah, and I love the way that it describes because, I mean, everything, amen, and all those texts will actually reflect a little bit what I'm about to say, but just think about the context where Joseph's waiting right here, right? Jesus just got executed. <laughs> I mean, this guy mm. has probably been waiting for the kingdom his whole life. Yes. <laughs> now, the king just got executed. Right. You know, and maybe you heard <laughs> Jesus talking about the resurrection. We don't get all that stuff, but it, in a sense, I mean, yeah, What do you do when you've committed to this big vision and then it gets real? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus is dead. And I, lo- I love that it says he had, he had courage. So he acts on that expectation. And, 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 and it's courage to me. I love courage so much. Courage is the key that unlocks the door to the future that God dreams about. And so mm-hmm. we eagerly anticipate the kingdom mm-hmm. by having the courage to show up every day, even in the difficult times of like you, th- that Jesus is, is hanging on a cross, he's dead. Mm. You know, we have people, you know, our days got its challenges. Christians have had challenges throughout mm. history. And so eagerly anticipating the kingdom doesn't just mean we hide and bunker in. That's right. We step into the world because we follow a crucified God. And so we're not scared about that stuff. So we have courage. It's also
1: awesome as well and <laughs> encouraging that joseph as you say he's waiting for the kingdom the king comes he sees the incarnation of the kingdom of god but then it's game over it
2: looks like it but he doesn't go home and say all right i'm in he's i'm in
1: anyway he says i'm still gonna take his body down i'm still following this dead savior even though he's dead i'm still following this messiah even though he's dead i'm not going to desecrate his body he's going to be buried before nightfall he didn't just throw in the towel and say it's over. Yeah, yeah, even if, you, yeah, because <laughs> yeah,
2: we don't know what a psychology was, but that's, that, that's, a, I mean, he did it. He had to, I'm in. I'm in. I'm all in. I'm in, even though it looks like there is no hope
1: and the whole thing has ended. I'm still going to be honoring this person, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's powerful.
2: It is powerful. It's like, you know, take a sports thing, like you're just getting, de- you've got destroyed in the first half of a game and you think you're going to lose, <laughs> but you show back up on the second second half and you don't just put the subs in. You go out with your starting team and even though it looks like it's over, you still play. And Joseph shows up, risks everything. Well, that is the message
1: for those who are in the kingdom of God today. We continue to wait for the kingdom, yeah. no matter what it looks like. We continue to be faithful to him who is the king, even though it may look bleak, black, hopeless, given our own situations. I mean, you know, there are many Christians that unfortunately they've thrown in the towel and given up because God did not meet their expectation. And yet we continue to wait. And I think there's another aspect to this waiting on the kingdom. Every time that heaven breaks into the present an answer to a prayer the deliverance of another human being the healing of a sickness whether it is a soul deep hurt sickness or it is a physical illness the provision of God coming when there is no provision the bringing to Christ a lost soul or a backslidden person all of that is a manifestation of the kingdom and so you know right now in this year i committed to bring to the lord 11 specific people on a daily basis every day i'm praying for them now some i'm praying that they'll be converted to christ that their eyes will be open and the holy spirit will open their heart and they'll come to jesus some of these people are very prominent they're well-known people but the lord's put them on my heart I pray for them every day. I pray for several people who are in my life every single day, and there are specific things I'm asking the Lord for. And then there are situations that some individuals are attached to that I'm asking God to change because I believe it's His will. Mm -hmm. I have brought these people before the Lord every day, and I'm going to continue to do that. I'm committed to do that until December 31st this year and here's the thing what am i doing i'm waiting for the kingdom of god in all of those areas yes
2: yeah it's good it's good it's good
1: and so i would encourage you all who are listening to do the same thing await the kingdom of god eagerly eagerly await as paul phrased it the future coming kingdom continue to eagerly long for that keep your eyes set to the future not just the present have the eternal view and then the other thing is wait for the kingdom of God in your own life as you bring people and situations to the Lord and don't faint you know there is that message that Jesus gave us well the Son of Man find faith on the earth when he returns and he tied that into this thing about praying and not fainting. It's easy to faint. It's easy to quit yeah. when you're praying for something for a long period of time and you don't see the dial move at all. It's easy to just give up and say, "All right, that's not working." Especially Americans, you know, we want everything in 3 minutes. So, yeah, I would encourage you to wait for the kingdom now and in the future.
2: Amen. And you know, we were talking at dinner just the other day just about no, I shared my heart, that kingdom. Why, why couldn't there be a revival on our day? That's right. Why not? So, friends, let's, uh, let's be like Joseph and uh, look for the kingdom.
1: <laughs> well, until next time, we will talk to you later and look at the next reference of the kingdom of God in the Gospels.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Insurgents Podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. This will help others find it. Also, you can join Frank's unfiltered email list at frankviola.org and receive encouragement, challenges, and insights connected to the gospel of the kingdom. Remember, the insurgence has begun. Don't miss it.